Welcome to the It Is Written podcast. As doubts about God's will arise, the world resorts to feelings and experts. We go to the law and to the testimony of God's word. In today's episode, we're going to take a look at a specific question about marriage and divorce. And if I'm in a marriage that Jesus calls adulterous, do I need to leave that marriage to follow Jesus? So I'd like to start with a story. A few years ago, I was knocking on doors and I came across this guy who said he'd be willing to have a Bible study. So we started studying and that was going well. And at one point he said, how do you get rid of a sin that you're really having a struggle with? And so we talked about that in general terms. And then I said, if you've got some specific sin you want to talk about, I'll be glad to talk about it with you. He said, well, I think it's pretty obvious. He said, I'm married to my roommate who was another guy. And he said, I know it's wrong. I know it's sinful. I know I'm going to be lost. I hate it. I'm just not strong enough to get out of it. What do I do? Well, that was unusual to me, not only that he was in a homosexual marriage, but that he wanted to get out of it. But what what advice would you give to somebody like that? What would you say? He wasn't a Christian in the biblical sense, although he was religious. Should I have said, well, you need to repent and be baptized, and that'll sanctify your marriage. You can just keep going in that. If you get forgiveness, then your marriage is fine. Just go right ahead with that. Well, of course not. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6. There's a very strong passage on this subject. Would you read verses 9 through 11? Don't you know that the unrighteous will not inherit God's kingdom? Do not be deceived. No sexually immoral people, idolaters, adulterers, or males who have sex with males, no thieves, greedy people, drunkards, uh, verbally abusive people, or swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And some of you used to be like this, but you were washed, you were sanctified, You are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. This is a very interesting passage. It teaches us a lot of things. He starts out by asking the question, don't you know that unrighteous people won't go to heaven? And he says, don't be deceived. And he starts talking about what some of those unrighteous people had been doing. Yeah. And then he says, rather shockingly in verse 11, such were some of you. It was some pretty unpromising material that Paul encountered when he started preaching the gospel in Corinth. Some of them had been idolaters, had been drunkards, had been homosexuals, had been adulterers, and so forth and so on. And the gospel is for all. The gospel converts people who've been in the, in the very, very depths of sin, and it can change them. And he says they were washed. They were sanctified. They were justified. Can people who've been really bad and done horrible things come to Christ and be forgiven and be cleansed and sanctified for God? Yes, they can. This is an illustration of that. But when he says in the New American Standard here in verse 11, such were some of you, the tense of that verb is important. Were means in the past, they aren't now. And we understand that to be forgiven of a sin, we must repent of that sin. We must stop committing the sin. Think about it. Some of them were idolaters. That means they were bowing down before idols. When we say such were some of you, they had separated from their images. They were no longer bowing down before them. That's why he says such were some of you. Some of them were drunkards. If they were drunkards, it meant they were drinking a lot. And when he says, such were some of you, he means they'd separated themselves from the bottle and were not continuing to get drunk. Some of them were homosexuals. When he says, such were some of you, 
it indicates that they, they did not continue to practice homosexual acts. People today think homosexual refers to just the kind of a person. You're born homosexual. No, you're not. You're not born homosexual any more than you're born greedy, or you're born an adulterer, or you're born a thief. You may have a desire for those things. Those may be more of a temptation for one person than another. But we are only that thing when we do those acts. And we, they quit. Such were some of you. You were homosexuals. You didn't continue. What about adulterers? The same thing applies to them. If, if somebody's in an adulterous marriage and he says, such were some of you, he's indicating they quit. Mm -hmm. You can't continue getting drunk and, 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 and be right with God. You can't continue bowing down before an image and be right with God. You can't continue with your homosexual partner or, ma or marriage mate and be right with God. And by the same token, you cannot continue in adultery. Why would adultery be the only sin that you could continue in. What other sins can you keep committing and it's okay with God because you've been baptized? None of them. Or do we not recognize that a second marriage is adultery? Look over a page at 1 Corinthians 7, verse 39. A wife is bound as long as her husband lives. But if her husband is dead, she is free to be married to whom she wishes only in the Lord. The binding continues as long as her husband lives. She's continuing to be bound. She has no right to be married to somebody different than who she's bound to. Romans chapter 7 teaches the same basic idea. In Romans 7, he says, For the married woman is bound by law to her husband while he is living. But if her husband dies, she's released from the law concerning the husband. So then if while her husband is living, she is joined to another man, she shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband dies, she's free from the law, so that she's not an adulteress, though she is joined to another man. The law indicates that she's bound as long as her husband lives. If her husband's living and she's married to somebody else, she's committing adultery. She's still bound to that living husband. You cannot continue in a second marriage if your first marriage, if, if your first partner is not dead, then you're committing adultery in that second marriage. You see that also in the Gospels. In Luke chapter 16 and verse 18, everyone who divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery, and he who marries one who is divorced from a husband commits adultery. So whether you divorce and remarry, or you are divorced and you remarry, you're committing adultery. You see that also in Mark chapter 10, as they ask Jesus the question about whether or not it's lawful to divorce for any cause at all. In Mark chapter 10 and verse 11, you want to read verse 11 and 12? He said to them, whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against her. Also, if she divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery. So whether or not it's a man that initiates the divorce or the woman, if they divorce and remarry, they're committing adultery. Again, this friend I was talking to that was in a homosexual marriage he was committing homosexuality in that marriage. And he had to end the marriage to be right with God. That's what I told him, and that's what all of us would tell him. The same token, if somebody's in an adulterous marriage, if they're divorced and remarried, they're committing adultery, they would have to end that, that relationship, that adulterous marriage, to be right with God. Now, there is an exception given. And that exception is given in Matthew 19, and verse 9. To be complete, we'll mention that as well. In 1990, he said, And I say to you, whoever divorces his wife 
except for immorality and marries another commits adultery. So there is an exception given for the one who divorces for sexual unfaithfulness. So if his wife was cheating on him and he divorced her for that, then he would not fit into the rule that he commits adultery when he remarries. But in every other case, if we have a living mate and we're married to somebody else, we're committing adultery. Right. So what the Bible teaches is that we cannot continue in sin we have to make it a such were some of you, not such are some of you. If we continue in those sins, then God will not save us. The unrighteous cannot inherit the kingdom of heaven. So I'd go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and just reinforce what he says there. It's such a valuable lesson. Can wicked people uh, be saved? Certainly they can. They can be washed, they can be cleansed, but they have to repent. It has to be a such were some of you. Yeah. So what would you say about Herod, uh, the one that John the Baptist was addressing about his marriage situation? Yes, John didn't say, well, it's unfortunate that you got married, but now you're okay. Yeah. John said, it's unlawful for you to have your brother's wife. Yeah. The only way to get rid of that unlawfulness is to unhave her, to quit being married to her. Right, or Jesus with the woman at the well in John 4. Right. Uh, the one that you have now is not your husband. Correct. Uh, yeah, and so, Gary, this isn't a popular teaching, is it? It isn't because we're dealing with so many adulterous marriages, so many people who have divorced and remarried, and that's uncomfortable for us. We'd like to just say everything's okay. And we'd like to say that about homosexual marriages anymore. And probably those will become as accepted as adulterous marriages are in a few more years. So what does this do for marriage if this is really the way God wants it to be? Yeah, it's so much better when there is a commitment I, I promised my wife that I would be with her for better or for worse until death separates us. She made the commitment the same way. She's a strong Christian. We're not going to divorce. That's not going to happen. Thankfully, we've never wanted to. But if you have the idea that, well, if it doesn't work, you know, get a prenup, we'll, we'll get out of it, then you have no commitment, no, no incentive to work out problems and, to, and no confidence that they're going to be with you forever. It's a wonderful blessing that God made, mar made marriage to be permanent till the death of one of the spouses. Amen. Thank you for listening to the It Is Written podcast. If you have any questions or comments that you would like to share with us, feel free to send Gary an email at garyfisher1063 at gmail.com. We hope you have a blessed day.